Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. She's making all the money. He's spending all the money. I'm talking about a beautiful executive, Diane McIver. She's dead. Shot by her husband who said he did it. In his sleep. Yes. And guess what else? He's walking free. Not for long. I can only hope. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Crime Stories and on Sirius XM 111. And to top it all off, they're rolling in money. What? How much more do they need? Why is she dead? Do you believe his story? He was asleep, was woken up abruptly, afraid of the homeless people, and misfired the weapon, a weapon that had several pounds of pressure needed to pull the trigger? Mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Let's hear from the horse's mouth Maybe I should make it from the mule, the jackass's mouth. But I'll let you decide that. Listen to Tex McIver. Very dark, but it seemed to me it was. And that's one that has a particularly high population of 
analyze what we just heard. Joining me in all-star panel, Mike Pachinik, veteran journalist, founder of Pachinik Media Group. You can find him at MikePachinik.com. And I need an expert. Also joining me, renowned trial lawyer, Clint Rucker, award-winning lawyer, municipal court judge, and most important to me right now, former Fulton County felony prosecutor, who worked this case. You can find him at ClintRucker.com. Mike Pachinik, uh, former WSB-TV reporter, did I get it right that he, Tex McIver, who is himself a veteran lawyer at a silk-stocking law firm in Atlanta, bringing in all kind of money, and I guess spending it all, did he actually say it was very dark and uh, that night, there were a lot of homeless people there. And I said, ooh, we're in, a, we're in a place we don't belong. Did I hear that correctly? You did. It's exactly what he said. We're not in Kansas anymore. We're in downtown Atlanta. There are homeless people milling about. I don't feel safe. Honey, hand me my weapon. Okay, see, I'm not buying that at all. Because I lived for about 15 years exactly where this happened. I never felt like I had to get a gun and shoot a homeless person. So, I mean, Clint Rucker, uh, you're the veteran trial lawyer that handled this case. Is he trying to say what I, I'm, the homeless people are after me? Translation, the black people are after me. Is that what he's saying? That's absolutely what he was saying. You know, there were also some allegations that he made during the course of the trial that he was actually afraid of potential Black Lives Matter protesters who might be milling about. And so uh, you're absolutely right. There was this uh, issue that we dealt with during the trial uh, that had to do with a racial uh, motivation. Uh, he was trying to use the excuse that he was afraid of uh, Black folks, literally. And that was the reason why he needed to arm himself with a loaded handgun while he was riding through riding through downtown Atlanta in his luxury SUV he needed a gun in the back seat oh okay uh, let's hear some more of what Tex McIver has to say but first Mike Pachinik isn't it correct that his wife before he shot her dead Diane McIver was a very high-powered executive with Corey. She was. She was a self-made woman. She rose through the ranks of the company and uh, was among its executive team and, and making a lot of money in the process. What kind of company is Corey? They do a lot of things, but outdoor advertising, if you're ever driving through downtown Atlanta, you see that big smokestack there uh, off the uh, Grady Curve. It says Corey Enterprises on it. They That's kind of their flagship over there. And uh, that's what they're known for. Yeah, I remember after she was shot dead by her husband, they had a memorial up that illuminated, up that uh, chimney stack you're talking about for a really long time in honor of Diane. Beautiful, brilliant, and she was making a ton of money. 
Right, Clint Rucker? That's right. Uh, listen, I'll just give you a couple of tidbits to help put into perspective how uh, wealthy a Diane MacGyver actually was. I need some help because you know what, Clint? As you know from you and I being trial lawyers when I was in the DA's office, one of my summer jobs was as a camp counselor yeah. in tree identification at the Rock Eagle National Forest. <laughs> and in Putnam County, you know where that is. I surely do. This guy had a gentleman's farm. And boy, am I putting that in air quotes. Because you know, my grandparents worked a farm. And it's a lot of back-breaking work. But what this guy did was basically go there every other weekend and throw parties at the farm. And his wife was footing the bill, not only for their Atlanta place, where he was a partner in a law firm, but had been put on emeritus status. or So he wasn't bringing in a lot of money. She was paying for all of his doings, plus his farm a farm. She had to pay for all that? Seriously? That's right. Okay, give me the tidbits. And Pachinik, don't hold back, Pachinik. Go ahead, Clint Rucker. All right, so let me tell you this. One of the financial obstacles that Tex MacGyver had, Nancy, was that the farm was in arrears. He was not making enough money at the firm to be able to pay the monthly mortgage on the farm. And he was in arrears by several Hundred thousand. Mm, mm. Right, all right. My head started spinning around, like on uh, what's the name of the movie? Exorcist. Thank you. When you said arrears, he wasn't making the house payments. You know what I said when I got married, Clint Rucker? I said, "Listen, you don't have to help me, but don't hurt me." Okay. You don't have to help me pay these bills, but don't hurt me for Pete's sake. Luckily, I got a good husband that works like a mule, just like me. Long story short. (laughs) So he wasn't making the mortgage payments on the house, the farm, excuse me. That's right. That's right. How bad was it? How bad was it? Uh, Several hundred thousand dollars. Hold on. Sorry. I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Hold on. Several hundred thousand. Why didn't he sell the thing? Uh, it had been, uh, he had purchased it years ago when he was uh, a really prominent uh, partner at his firm. And so, so at one point, it was uh, no problem for him to handle the financial responsibilities. Objection, Your Honor. The witness is not being responsive to my question. Why didn't he sell it? He loved it too much. He loved it so much, his wife wanted to give it to his children. Dr. Bethany Marshall, I need a shrink. Dr. Bethany Marshall, renowned psychoanalyst, joining us out of L.A. Uh, And she is starring in the new season of Paris in Love on Peacock. Dr. Bethany, help me. Why keep a man around that won't even pay the house note? (laughs) At least work for Pete's sake. Well, you know, it's not uncommon for women who make more money than their partners to actually feel guilty that they're making more money, that they're usurping the partner's masculine role. Okay, I'm sorry, what? The masculine role? You know what? I am so lucky because David isn't like that at all. You know, God just dropped a big blessing right on my head. I know. And it, it's it's not about how much anybody makes. It's are they working in the relationship and Holding on to a farm because of 
pride, which is one of the seven deadly sins, by the way, because you don't want your partners at your law firm to know you had to sell the farm and you let Mm -hmm. your wife work her fingers to the bone to pay for your ego project. I mean, for Pete's sake, go be a greeter at Costco. Uh, Just work. Man, one of the primary symptoms of a personality disorder, I haven't examined him. I don't know if he has one. Here you go with personality disorder. Okay, I'm ready. Get ready, Clint. Here it comes. People with personality disorders feel that everybody owes them, even if they're being completely taken care of by their spouse. I always call that a mooch. Well, (laughs) or a parasite. Ooh, that's a good one. Or a leech. And, you know, but it's, it's very primitive because at the beginning of life, we feel that our mothers owe us to take care of us. And the mothers do. They do owe us. But these very disturbed people go through life feeling owed by everybody. That's why they cheat. That's why they steal. That's why they're parasites with their partners. And there's also some research, Nancy, that, that shows that men who are married to women who make more money than, than them are more likely to cheat. Which I think is fascinating because the other way around, it's not true. So you have that layered on top of this. And I'm sure he wrote to her into this gradually. No woman goes into a relationship saying, okay, I'm going to support you 100%. That's rare. That's unheard of. What happens if it, ha- is it, is it takes place, the, the, the contract or the agreement. You mean like the lobster in the pot is just barely warm at the get-go, then you're boiling dead? It's interaction and interaction at a time. It's, oh, you know what? I forgot my wallet. Oh, you know what? Gosh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm in trial now. Will you just send the uh, mortgage payment for the farm? Oh, you know, my daughter needs her college paid for. You know, it starts with little things that graduates to bigger things. And, and in this case, he really saw her as a mark. You know, he was probably... You know, contemplating her death for a long, long time, really thinking about this, you know, listening to his own clients, if he was a, a trial attorney, you know, picking up tips. And why is it? Here's a question that may not be within your expertise. Uh, why do lawyers think they know everything? <laughs> that's a good question for you, Clint Rucker. But uh, let's get back on track because that's probably a, a very long, long psychoanalytic session to figure that out but what doctors and surgeons oh same sorry dr dupree um but remember i i i now recall distinctly didn't he say that uh, this is you clint or mike pachinik jump in that he accidentally shot his wife dead with a gun he was carrying in his lap because he was afraid of the black lives matter protesters actually nancy i'm gonna tell you it gets better than that oh okay let me get comfy go ahead all right you ready you got (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) okay this is the story i i was afraid of the protesters and the homeless people so i asked for my gun which i knew was loaded i put the gun in my lap and then i fell asleep i was so afraid i fell asleep i was so afraid i fell asleep why didn't they just get off was it going down piedmont clint they were coming down piedmont nancy you're familiar with that area why didn't they just turn on north or turn on pots and get on the interstate to wherever they were going there was 
construction traffic. Oh, now you're going to blame the construction traffic. He blamed the construction traffic. He could still turn. Wait, you're not really believing that. He's blaming the traffic? Blame the traffic. Oh, I'm so happy. Nothing really could have made me happier. As he's coming down Piedmont, across Ponce, across uh, uh, 10th Street, he's right there by Piedmont Park. The car comes to a stop at a red light, and he says that the gun just went off. Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible is Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. Offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides you a path to help fulfill your dreams. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guns do not just go off. Christopher Byers joining me, private investigator uh, at ByersInvestigative.com, former police chief, Johns Creek. Guns don't, quote, just go off. You have to pull the trigger. Christopher Byers, please explain uh, when I say the pounds 
required on a trigger pull. What does that mean? Yeah, so I've been a firearms instructor for several decades now, and I, I guns do not go off. Uh, and what you're talking about with the trigger pull is it's the pound of pressure that's required to pull the trigger to uh, enact the gun from uh, from firing. And this particular gun uh, that we're talking about was a revolver that had a 12 and a half pound trigger pull from what from of the case, which is one of the highest that you can get. Um, it's it's kind of what we in the industry refer to as a New York trigger uh, because of all the requirements up in New York. Um, it's one of the reasons that revolvers have kind of even kind of gone the way um, where they're not used as much anymore because of the trigger pull required on this. They become extremely inaccurate um, because you know your your hands start shaking when you're trying to pull it. Uh, but a 12 and a half trigger pull is one of the highest you can get. So you do not accidentally pull Mm-mm. a 12 and a half pound trigger pull. Now let's hear again from the horse's mouth what he says happens. Listen. Diane reaches in, pulls it out, uh, hands it back to me. And um, by then we may have been on Pima. Anyway, I'm relatively satisfied that we're out of that kind of area. And I guess I just uh, laid back again and went to sleep. Okay. This pilot was on kind of thing. Right. Had the weapon in my lap. Okay. Danny Joe came to a stop. And uh, anyway, I'm just, just time to wake up. Anyway, uh, but she came to a stop. And uh, I was handling the gun. Clint Rucker, that's impossible because if he's holding the gun in his lap uh, and he's now sitting behind Diane, the victim, correct? He's sitting behind her? Correct. He would have had to be holding the gun straight forward in his sleep. Well, one of the real powerful things that really took the jury uh, over the edge in terms of knowing that Tex MacGyver intentionally shot his wife was the trajectory. And uh, we've got our panel expert who can speak to that, that ballistic uh, term that shows the pathway that the bullet had to travel. And it was directly through the back of the seat. His arm would have had to have been uh, pointed directly at her back. And uh, it was totally inconsistent with the version that he gave police. So didn't he tell police he was holding it in his lap? sideways kind of that's correct like you would hold it laying your like like you're reading a book and you put the book down open on face down on your lap he was holding it like in that horizontal position so if he was holding it like that and the gun went off it would have gone out the driver's side back door correct that's correct that's correct that's what he said in the interview and demonstrated on video with Detective Brett Zimbrick, who, uh, Nancy, I know you remember Detective Zimbrick. Very well. Great cop. Great cop. So, Mike Pachenik, joining us, veteran journalist, who would believe that? And didn't he change his story, Mike? There was a pot. First of all, he was afraid of the homeless people like they were zombies. He was afraid of Black Lives Matters protesters, which I don't know that they're protesting at night. Uh, but then he said he hit a pothole. Then he said that the friend slash driver, Danny Joe Carter, came to an abrupt stop. I want to circle back to the, to the pounds, though, that required to, uh-huh. to pull that trigger. Clint and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe there was testimony at trial that 
had Tex MacGyver cocked the gun and made it what's called single action, it only would have required about two and a quarter pounds to pull that fire. So six times less pressure to pull that gun if it were so-called double action. So by that theory, if it's in his lap and he gets jerked away, two and a half pounds, two and a quarter pounds, that's not a lot of pressure to pull a trigger and for it to just go off. That's a really good point. What about it, Clint? Well, this is the fundamental uh, uh, point that I made to the jury, Nancy, is that Tech MacGyver was a gun expert. He taught gun safety. Why would he have his finger on the trigger in the first place? But what about the pull? Well, uh, if the, the weapon was in double action, it requires uh, a little bit more than 12 pounds to pull it, which is more than a 10-pound bag of sugar. That's a lot of pressure. In single action, it does require substantially less, but the testimony from Tex MacGyver's own mouth during his videotaped interview was that the weapon was in double action. Oh, okay. Weapon was in double action. So that double action from Smith & Wesson when we talked to the experts. Holy moly, wait a minute. I am looking right now at the high-rise, the luxury complex they lived in, in Buckhead, Atlanta. That costs some money. Can we talk about also what she, Diane, endured? How many, she was shot once, right, Clint? That's right, and the bullet missed her heart by a couple of centimeters. Okay, listen, I'm going to go to Dr. Michelle Dupree about what happens after she shot and what she said and did in the hospital before she died. But first, listen to more of Tex McIver's, well, one of his versions of what happened. What do you remember after the death of Tom? And what did you hear shock? I immediately called out. I said, is everybody all right? And uh, Danny Joe said yes. And Diane, it was kind of flat. She said, uh, I've been shot, words to that effect. And I immediately put my arms around her to try to determine what was, how bad it was. And then I made the investment that Emory was the closest hospital. Emory was not the closest hospital, Mike Machenkit. But they could have gone to Grady, which is a trauma one ER. Which we're, everybody in Atlanta knows that's where you go if you have a gunshot wound. You don't go to Emory Hospital. No. What? The Heart Wing? H-E-L-L-N-O. And they're about six, eight blocks, ten blocks maybe from Emory. They're in the Piedmont Ponce area, right, Clint Rucker? That's right, Nancy. And in addition to Grady, Crawford Long is right a couple of blocks away on Peach Street. Okay. You know what? Um, it's just getting worse and worse to me. I, I want to hear what happened at the hospital to Mike Pachinik joining us, veteran journalist, founder of Pachinik Media Group. Mike, is it true that at first she may have thought it was an accident, but then moments later, as she's thinking back through it, she will not let him in the hospital room with her. That's right. She, she told the nurses, I don't want him back here with me. I don't want him back here. Well, Clint Rucker, I know you recall when the twins were born, I wouldn't let David leave me. I made him read the Bible the whole time. I thought we were all dying, which we almost <laughs> did. The last thing I wanted him to do was leave. That's right. I, I mean, this tells me everything. She would not yeah. even let him in the room. That's right. And Nancy, That's you know, right. it's it's 
it's not unusual for domestic violence victims to warn other people that if they die, it was their spouse and to not want their spouses around at critical moments like this. You know, to think this clearly when you're critically, mortally wounded that you don't want your spouse around, you know, that thought has been brewing inside of her for a long, long time that he could harm her. Dr. Michelle Dupree joining me, forensic pathologist, medical examiner, former detective with the Lexington County Sheriff's Department, now author of a best-selling book, Money, Mischief, and Murder, the Murdoch Saga, the rest of the story. But what interests me today is the fact that she wrote the Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Dr. Dupree, I want you to use all of your knowledge and tell me what she lived through because she was awake and coherent for a considerable period of time until he went all the way across town, basically to another city, Decatur, to the hospital at Emory University, which is known for its cancer and heart treatments, not gunshot wound treatments. It's a research hospital. Yes, yes. And she had the wherewithal to tell the nurse, don't let him in the room with me. So she was awake and aware, Dr. Dupree. Exactly, Nancy. She felt every single bit of this. And to make matters worse, this bullet, this projectile, actually passed through the back seat, which means that that is an intermediary target which expands the bullet. And so that when it actually enters her body, it's larger than it would have been had it not. This was excruciating. She must have been in terrible pain, Dr. Dupree. Absolutely. She felt all of this. And in her last moments, she insisted that he be barred from her hospital room. Have you ever heard such a thing, Dr. Dupree? I have heard it, but it's always been in domestic violence cases or someone who is afraid of that person. Well, guys, it's not just his crazy theory that... Correct me if I'm wrong, Clint. Please jump in. And Mike Pachinik, you've been on the story since the get-go. Guys, he's got a new trial. He's going to have a new trial. Clint works his fingers to the bone, gets a conviction... And now it's being reversed. The judges up in their ivory tower decided, rut row, I don't like ee, something, and have reversed it. This guy is going to end up outsmarting Lady Justice. I, just listen to me on this. In addition to what happened at the time of the shooting, you have got to hear what happens after the shooting. Take a listen to our friends in Cut 23. Sydney Sumner Crime Online. As friends come to offer condolences on the passing of his wife, most expect to see Tex McIver upset, in shock that he accidentally shot his wife, the love of his life, and caused her death. Instead, they find a man who seems more concerned about money. Jay Grover was a colleague of Diane McIver, and he says within two days of Diane's death, Tex was asking him about his wife's Social Security benefits, wondering if he could collect her checks. Another colleague, Ken Rickert, said Tex asked him about getting Diane Social Security and complained about a salary being cut at the law firm where he worked. Ken Rickert, how soon after he shoots her dead is he worried about the money? Right afterwards. It's one of the first conversations he has when he gets home from the hospital with her friends and, and colleagues who are devastated at her death. But Clint, that's not all. What about basically the highfalutin 
yard sale. Listen. While police investigate how Tex McIver's gun accidentally went off in the back seat, Tex McIver seems to be investigating how to liquidate his late wife's assets. Tex McIver organized to sell many of his wife's possessions at an auction as part of an estate sale. McIver said he was liquidating things to settle his wife's estate. McIver sold everything he could of his wife's. Clothing, jewelry, furs, hats, just about everything. The sale lasted several days. It was later revealed that Tex McIver owed his wife nearly $350,000, which she loaned him for a barn he built on the ranch for guests on their estate. A $350,000 barn for guests? What, did they throw parties and have guests stay down there, Clint Rucker? They did. It was an outstanding-looking facility. It was built in a Western style, just like a saloon on the bottom and had uh, bedrooms upstairs. It was wonderful. Okay, wait, wait. There was a saloon on the bottom? That's right. And bedrooms upstairs? Yeah, an old Western-style saloon with the swinging doors and the long wooden bar. And she was paying for this? And she paid for it. And it's my understanding, Clint, she didn't even like going down there. She didn't really like going down there. She was a city girl. Well, the woman is working 24-7, 365. What's she going to do? Sit on the front porch and rock? Well, you know, uh, they like to entertain. So she enjoyed that uh, farm from the aspect of being able to host huge parties. They had a huge wine cellar with over 20,000 bottles of wine. Okay, please, what, what? You know, you're talking to a teetotaler. What What did you say about $20,000 bottles of wine? Oh, yes, Nancy. 20,000 individual bottles of wine, I believe they inventoried out of the wine cellar at that farm. Clint, did you ever go to the farm? I did visit the farm a few times. You have to tell me some more about the farm. What, what? It's about 88 acres. It is surrounded by a pristine white picket fence. Oh, just right there. Nobody that's uh, on a working farm that I know of anyway has a white picket fence because that takes so long to paint and you have to paint it like every three or four years because of the weather. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. 88 acres. And the maintenance of it. And uh, it had a huge main house, uh, a pool, in-ground pool right behind. Wait, as opposed to an above ground like so many of us enjoy in the South? Right. I'm not talking about the little uh, plastic pools that you can jump in uh, that sit right above the ground. This was a huge in-ground pool. It was beautiful. And uh, right behind it was this new barn that they built, which was really a guest house and a saloon and a stable for horses. Did they keep horses? They kept horses. Oh, man, that'll suck in twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year for a horse right there. Yeah. They were choking. They were choking. How much? $20,000 a month to maintain and upkeep this farm on a monthly basis to include the food for the horse and the cattle. Twenty grand a month? A month. That's right. Nancy, if I could make a comment about this. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm choking right now thinking it just they're just hemorrhaging money for him to have his gentleman's farm and throw parties. Okay, go ahead, Dr. Bethany. Well, uh, to that point, it'd be interesting to talk to her financial planner and see how much was she actually making? Was she saving for retirement or was all of it going towards the gentleman farm? What was she telling her girlfriends? Did she say to them that she was happy to spend all this money or were there any complaints? I think that would be very telling. 
And I think finally, Clint said that, or someone said that, you know, she enjoyed spending money. I don't remember him saying that. I thought he said she enjoyed having the parties. Oh, I thought it was enjoyed yeah, spending money. She liked having the party. But, Nancy, I'll um, tell you something. She, she, was, um, uh, she was loose with the credit card. We did do a deep dive in the finances for both of them. And we had an expert testify that she spent on average, get this, Nancy, I hope you're sitting down. I better lay down. About $30,000 a month on her American Express black card. What's a black card? Oh, it's... But does that mean no limit? It's no limit. Well, listen to me, Clint Rucker. She was working. So you go right ahead and spend it. He was not. He could afford it. Big thank you to our partner in making today's program possible. It's Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes we're endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. Offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides you a path to help fulfill your dreams. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience which means Zinn pairs well with you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. 
Isn't there something, Dr. Bethany, where people will buy things and it gives them some kind of sense of gratification, whether they need it or not? Yeah, you know, the research shows that the, the most gratification occurs the immediate 15 minutes after you purchase something. So you buy a great blouse, you're happy for 15 minutes, and then it drops off precipitously. So then you have to go and buy something else, and that's how spending um, compulsions occur. But I think a good point is that she was earning that money. And it'd be interesting to know, was $30,000 a month a lot to her? Maybe it wasn't that much. Who knows? You'd have to talk to her financial planner, get get an overall sense of her finances. Hey, I bet she paid for everything, all their food. Uh, She may have even paid that condo. A mortgage on the Amex. I mean, or or she was one of those women. I hear this a lot, where the man gets the woman to pay everything, but he gets, you know, he's um, a member of her card, like he's another card holder. Uh oh. So then he throws out the credit card at dinner, and it looks like she's paying if they're taking a big group of uh, people to dinner, but actually she's paying. So there's all kinds of really nefarious ways that men and you know, parasites get the woman to pay and still maintain their pride. And I have somehow friends. driven the bus into the weeds. Mike Pachinik, <laughs> that was me this time, Dr. Bethany. We were talking about the glorified yard sale where he sold all of her possessions, her jewelry, things that matter to her, all of her designer clothes and handbags. I remember, as a matter of fact, I think it was your old station, WSB-TV, watching them inside this boutique sale it looked like a warehouse with all of her beautiful shoes and bags and it was very quickly after she's dead jewelry furs hats everything yeah and throngs of people showed up to to buy this stuff you know sort of secondhand and it was a madhouse you know that reminds me of mike pachinik it reminds me of drew peterson well, he's been convicted in the murder of Kathleen Savio, one wife, and I believe he murdered his fourth wife, Stacy Peterson. The moment Stacy goes missing, air quotes, air quotes, he gives away lingerie, her swimsuits, her fur coat to his girlfriend, I guess, to another woman. He needs she wasn't walking back in the front door. Kind of reminds me of Scott Peterson. The moment Lacey went missing, quote quote. He immediately tries to sell a car and gets the porn channel. This guy, I mean, what does that say? What, how much did he make off the sale, Mike Pachinik? I don't have the exact number. I'm sure Clint can tell you that, but I'm, I'm guessing in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. But it wasn't just the money, Nancy. It was his behavior that friends testified to that really was sort of a textbook way that you don't act after your spouse has been, you know, unceremoniously killed. Like what? Like what? What, Pachinik? Just, just, he wasn't distraught. He wasn't emotional. He was just stoic and very calculated in how he talked about his wife after her death. And that struck a lot of people who testified the wrong way. If my wife were killed, I'd be a I'd be a hot mess. Yes. Clint Rucker, give me an example. Well, I'll give you a really good example. The thing that uh, was so inconsistent was, on the one hand, he would tell people, oh, my goodness, Diane was the love of my life. I don't know how I'm going to go on without her. And then in that same conversation, say, hey, how much do you think I can get for her fur coat? That kind of inconsistency said to people, that he was desperate for money and he really didn't give a doggone about Diane. Well, it ain't over 
Yet, yes, a jury convicted him, but we ain't heard the last of Tex MacGyver. Listen to our friend Dave Mack at Crime Online Cut 30. After being sentenced to life in prison, Tex MacGyver didn't go away quietly. He has always said it was a terrible accident. In June of 2022, the Supreme Court reversed Tex MacGyver's convictions because they said the trial court erred in denying his request to charge the jury on a lesser involuntary manslaughter offense. So the case has been reversed. Clint Rucker, what do you expect to be done any differently in trial number two? They convicted him on, I believe, voluntary. He was he was convicted of felony murder based on the felony of aggravated assault or shooting his wife. Yes. So let me think this through. For instance, in the Murdoch trial, if they have any sense at all when they retry that case, if there ever is a new trial, granted, which I hope there's not, they will not put his lying self on the stand uh, because that was a nail in his coffin. So what do you think, if anything, will be done differently in trial number two? And they don't seem to be in any hurry to try it either. Well, one of the things that Judge McBurney, the trial judge, ordered the state uh, not to do this time that was done the first time is uh, to introduce the notion that part of the motivation was the existence of a second will that Diane MacGyver uh, had created in order to ensure that she maintained control of the farm as well as all her personal assets. That can't be mentioned or discussed in the second trial. Who had a second will? Wait, who's second will? Diane MacGyver. So if she changed her will to state that what? So there was a will that existed between Diane and Tex when they first got married Mm -hmm. where they split their assets. Right before her murder, she was talking to lawyers about creating a second will, a different will, that would leave her assets to her godson and not to Tex. There was a, a worker at the uh, at the Corey company who one night says that Diane actually asked her to make two copies of a document that she glanced at and saw that it said last will and testament. And so the theory from the state was that there was a second will that Diane MacGyver actually executed and that had gone missing after her death and that that will, will would have shown Diane's true intent to leave all her finances to her godson and not to her husband. Well, this is what I know, Clint Rucker. You need to come out of that private practice and get back in the ring and retry this case, ma'am. We wait as justice unfolds. Goodbye, friend. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. 
all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 